Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, this is a special edition of the Gospel for Life today. On the line with me, I have Dr. David Murray from Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary. How are you doing today, Dr. Murray? Hey, doing great. Good to be with you, Josh. Yeah, and you have an accent, don't you? I do, yes. It's uh, from Texas, as you can hear. Um, no, not quite. Um, I'm from Scotland originally. I pastored there for 12, 13 years and was called to serve in the U.S. in 2007. I've been here since then and now very happily an American citizen, but still with a Scottish accent. Yeah. So where do you—so I said that you are a professor at uh, Puritan Reformed Seminary. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yep, that's a seminary in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It was started by uh, two Dutch Reformed uh, federations, the Heritage Reformed Churches and the Free Reformed Churches of North America, smallish federations, but the Lord has really blessed Puritan Seminary so that now it's a center for many students from many different churches in North America, but also a very large number from abroad. So we try. We have a large scholarship fund and we try to bring over to America for a few years um, the best students we can find in various countries, give them a really good training and send them back to yeah, lead their own churches but also teach in their own seminaries. And so through that we kind of multiply the, the teaching, the historic uh, Christian um, doctrines that God has been so pleased to bless us with here. Mm. So Dr. Murray is on the line today because he is one of our speakers at our Reformation Boise Conference coming up November 9th and 10th. And we have him on the program because we really want you to come. And so we're here to talk about the, the, the conference a little bit today and, and why practical theology is important. The theme of the conference this year is living in between uh, the Christian life in the here and now. And it's basically kind of an overview of Calvin's little book on the Christian life. Uh, Dr. Murray is going to be speaking. He's going to be opening up the conference on the life of a Christian man and then be closing the conference on how to use the present life right now. Now, Dr. Murray, you have several books on uh, practical theology. In fact, I got to get this one on a resource shelf. You have one called Christians Get Depressed Too. Have you gotten good yeah. feedback from that book? Yeah, that was actually the first book I ever wrote. That was back, I think, in 2010. And it grew out of personal experience. My, uh, I, I had really no knowledge of depression. In fact, a lot of wrong ideas about depression. And um, my my own wife came down with it um, as she was pregnant with our fourth child. And it was like a total boat from the blue. It's just I was totally ill-equipped to handle it. But over many years, um, the Lord teaching me slowly and surely, I began to see the need to approach depression in a lot more holistic manner and began to see that 
even godly Christians can get depression, whereas previously I actually didn't believe that. I say that to my shame. And so I wrote this little book just to try and sort of remove some of the stigma attached to it, but also to help Christians who are depressed, to just reassure them the Lord is still in this and the Lord can help you through it and the Lord can help you out of it because he's provided many ways to care for his downcast people and, and raise them up again. So, yeah, I've been surprised. I have a little book. It's a kind of Depression 101 or 911. And... Um, but it seems to meet a need because obviously people with depression and their caregivers aren't really in the mood for a big tome. So mm-hmm. a little short book seems to do the trick. Right. And and this is kind of a theme in a lot of your work. I mean, you have a book called Sermons That Work. You have a book called The Happy Christian, 10 Ways to Be a Joyful Believer in a Gloomy World. You have uh, Refresh, Embracing a Grace-Paced Life in a World of Endless Demands, and then Reset, Living a Grace-Paced Life in a Burnout Culture. And so it seems like a great theme in your work is practical theology. In fact, aren't you the professor at practical theology at PRTS? That's right. I have a strange combination. I teach Old Testament and practical theology, so um, it's a good combination, though, because obviously we want our uh, our doctrine to be at the, the foundation, at the core of everything we do, our, our biblical doctrine, so it's great to be in the scriptures all the time, but we've also got to keep asking, you know, how then shall we live? What does this mean for us today? So you want, you don't want practice divorced from doctrine, and you don't want doctrine divorced from practice. Mm. That's what the Reformers, and especially the Puritans, were so good at, at the combination of both of these things. And it's something I've really enjoyed doing. I always had a very strong interest in doctrine, but through listening, especially actually to American preachers like Al Martin and and others, Mm -hmm. I really began to see the need for down-to-earth, concrete, practical applications that are rooted in Scripture. And that's that's what I love to do. That's why I love to train students to do the same. Mm. Al Martin had a great little pamphlet from uh, Banner of Truth called uh, The Implications of Calvinism. Practical right, right. practical implications of Calvinism. And I bought it. I'm like, oh, okay. that, that's got to be good, you know? And it, and it really <laughs> was, because I think where my struggle has been, um, I, I came out of a very kind of seeker-friendly background, which was just okay. devoid of doctrine. Mm. And mm. so my first reaction to come into the doctrines of grace was fill up my head and mm. kind of ignore my hands type thing, you know? Yep. And so you have a blog called Hands, uh, sorry, Head, Hands, and Heart. Is that correct? <laughs> Almost there, Josh. Oh, okay. Almost there. <laughs> Don't worry, you're only the millionth person to get it wrong. <laughs> um, it's it's called Head, Heart, Hand. Okay. And okay. it's a phrase that really comes from the Reformers and the Puritans. Um, they believed, first of all, in, in educating the head, you know, informing the mind with doctrine. But they wanted it to affect the heart so that there would be a an inward, hearty embrace and response and love for these truths that would then lead out into the hands, as it were, you know, practical living. So that was the order they always went in, head, heart, hand. And I think it's just a, a neat way of reminding us of not just the importance of all three areas in our lives, but also the, the, the ideal order for them to mm-hmm. be lived out. Yeah. Oftentimes when, uh, so I'm a pastor here in, in Boise, and oftentimes in my application section, I have uh, doctrine, delight, and duty. 
and and try Perfect. to try to just run, run after that same pattern. So I actually there, benefited. There's your new there's your new blog title, Joe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually benefited greatly from your blog. I was I was preaching through John, and near the end of John, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit that was going to come upon the disciples, and just working through how the Holy Spirit was was different in the Old Testament mm. and the New Testament, mm. but not like. I think I think I've just read some other theologies that divorce it so strongly that mm. they would even say that the Holy Spirit wasn't even in the Old Testament right. saints. And I, I got to say, you're, you had an analogy of a sponge there in, in your blog that was just super helpful to me. <laughs> so well, I, yeah, I actually yeah, used I like it. Pictures, so. <laughs> you know, pictures help me learn and pictures help me teach. And yeah, I, I'm with you, Josh. I, I'm kind of shocked that some of the teaching about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament or the lack of his indwelling of God's people, you know, it's impossible for anyone to believe or repent or to love God without the Holy Spirit. So he was there, he was in them, but not to the degree and the mm-hmm. extent that obviously it was post-Pentecost. So it's not two different kinds of Christianity or or um, biblical religion, but two degrees mm-hmm. of it. Yes, absolutely. Well, so if you're just tuning in right now, we have Dr. David Murray on the line with us. He is going to be one of our speakers at our upcoming Reformation Boise Conference. And uh, the theme this year is living in between the Christian life in the here and now. And we kind of chose this theme because Dr. Murray and Pastor Anthony Savaggio, both of you guys are very much in the wheelhouse of practical theology, which we just, we so appreciate. So do you think you can give us like a, a brief overview of what Calvin is trying to accomplish in, in these chapters? Yeah, he is basically um, trying to show the beauty of the Christian life, that it's not a life that is simply rule-based, you know, legal obligation, whipping ourselves into, you know, trying to be better, but that this is actually something beautiful and desirable um, that helps us to flourish and thrive. And therefore, he's, he's trying to draw people into the living out the Christian life uh, sort of more with the carrot than with the stick. Mm. And um, he also is very concerned that it come uh, from the heart, not not simply be uh, you know something we we aim for with our wills, with our you know self-discipline and and that it kind of be an external religion, but that this is something that we actually love, that we uh, have a passion for. And so he's he's sort of saying, look at the beauty of this and feel the beauty of this mm. and bringing these two things together, aiming at the conformity of the life to Christ. Mm. That's so good. Um, so in your in your experience with with Calvin, I mean, you're a professor at a, at a Reformed theological seminary. I think there's a lot of misconceptions that people might have on his writings in in general. That mm. you know he's like this highfalutin theology, kind of like what you were saying earlier about kind of divorcing the head from the heart and the hands. Is that the case with Calvin? Is he just into theology and not into practical life? Um, 
I think you'd have to say that that Calvin's primary focus was on doctrine. Um, you know, he was he was obviously one of the most fundamental reformers of the Reformation, and he he didn't just tear down false doctrine. He had to rebuild from scratch, basically. So he spends a lot of time laying that doctrinal biblical foundation. Um, so I think you'd say, you know, he has weighted towards doctrine, especially in his early ministry. But, you know, as time goes on, as he's laid that foundation, he begins to see more and more the need for um, calling people to live out this doctrine in a very practical way. Mm. And, you know, in contrast with the system uh, that was there prior to the Reformation, which led to horrible immorality, and, and, and especially amongst the priesthood. You know, he's he's basically saying, hey, this high doctrine, this holy doctrine should live to high and holy living. And so it's not, his practical emphasis is, is later and lesser, but it's still really significant and weighty, and it really sets up the church for you know decades, if not centuries, uh, to come to to build on what he did and unfold this more and more. But all the seeds of the later, further flowering of practical theology are sown by Calvin in this little book mm. on the Christian life. Mm. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life uh, on the air with me. We have Dr. Uh, I was going to say Anthony Savaggio. We had him yesterday, but we have Dr. <laughs> David Murray. And he's not a doctor, but he's a pastor. He made that clear to me. Uh, but uh, this is one of our speakers at the upcoming uh, Reformation Boise conference. We hope that you can come. If you go to ReformationBoise.com, you can register there. You can find out all the details about the conference. You know, there have been many churches that are coming together and, and, and um, paying all the fees of this conference so that you could come and and come for free, get some free books, look at some great resources, and, and worship the Lord Jesus Christ with other fellow believers and, and hear the Word of God. So we hope that you come. If you go to ReformationBoise.com, you can register. Thank you, Dr. Murray, for being on the program with me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure, Josh. 